0: mm um. Okay, welcome to a special edition of Cowboy Shit, the podcast. My name's Ted Stoven, he's Dustin Edwards, and with us today, the, uh, I guess, I'm not even actually sure what your official title is anymore with the uh, Canadian Pro Rodeo Association, Jeff, but but former general manager, and I think today you were telling me uh, um, glorified uh, volunteer of sorts?
1: Yeah, I think uh, they use the official term CFR liaison, but I, I don't know exactly what that means, but... Um but we're going with it anyway.
0: Yeah. So welcome to the show, Jeff Robson. Jeff, you've been on before uh, at least once or twice now. This might be... this is the tw- So this is number three? Man, there's only like... I think there's only two other people that have been on three times so far. And it is uh, Keenan Vine and uh, Core Blund. I'm so- not surprised to either of those
1: guys, to be honest. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Keenan forced his way onto a couple
0: extra yeah. shows.
1: Yeah. I was just talking to him on my way here. And he's <laughs> like, oh, well, if you're going to Ted's house, I know what you're doing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now he'll be wanting number 4 so he can yeah so one he can, up you. get the leader, get back on the yeah. on
0: the top of the leaderboard. Uh but big news today Jeff, uh the Canadian Pro Rodeo Association and uh partners in Edmonton just uh just tell us tell us what uh what's happening here. What's the new what's the big news?
1: Yeah, I guess the big news is uh you know CFR 50 um in uh 2024 will be in uh Edmonton at Rogers Place. It's a big announcement and we're pretty excited about it.
0: Last week we had a big announcement on the show too. Dustin and Allie got engaged.
2: <laughs> I think the CFR one's a little. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably way more important.
1: <laughs> um, so and congratulations! Oh, by thank the way. you, thank you, and congratulations I on. You. I didn't get to tell you that in person. So.
2: <laughs> and congratulations on this on this big <laughs> announcement because this is uh, this is big news. There's been lots of lots of discussion over the over the past. I would I would say probably longer than a year on on what the future of the CFR was. So for you guys, this has got to be pretty nice to get it over the finish line
1: yeah when uh you know when when i uh you know when the board decided that uh you know or i guess i decided i'm not sure who which but um you know we decided to bring in uh replace me as the general manager um one of the things that uh i said i would you know be interested in trying to help out is to try and finalize the contract um for the cfr and you know, I think it made sense um, for, for lots of reasons. One, you know, I think I know all the players. So, you know, that a lot of that groundwork had already been laid. And, and you know, for for a new guy to come in and, and try and get up to speed on where all those discussions are at, it's probably a bit difficult for him to, to have some success. So, yeah, I think it was a, a good opportunity for me to, uh, you know, carry that on. And, yeah, here we are today
2: and so let's kind of talk about you know the kind of the high level stuff here you know what is uh, how long is he going to be here what what does it look like kind of dates and and everything that would have been part of the announcement today
1: yeah i think there's a lot of moving parts in those uh you know in the term and and the timing and so you know like let's start with uh let's start with the dates um you know the oilers entertainment group um you know was uh you're gonna do a, a, have a situation where they're going to uh, you know, rent the building to uh, explore Edmonton, which would be our primary partner. There's a bunch of other partners we'll get to in a few minutes, um, but uh, you know they wanted us to be in and out of there before their regular season started, and so that that was a you know something we had to give a lot of consideration to because you know there's there's a lot of committees that are impacted, and you know, for us to be able to turn around from the end of the rodeo season to try and get to CFR, you know, we like to have a month. A month is a a comfortable time to get jackets, you know, all the stuff forward, numbers, you know, back numbers, stock numbers, like there's a lot of moving parts there. Uh, Verify earnings, all those things. Um, So, you know, to move it up, you know, three or four weeks is a a big endeavor for us. Um, And we didn't take that, you know, that that decision lightly. Um, You know, there's a lot of moving parts around that decision. But I think what what I would the there's a lot of positives to it too. Uh, having it in in a, in a you know almost a time of year where we're not going to have snowstorms, um, you know. Hopefully not. Yeah, you know we're going to have um, you know we can do some outdoor activations, which I think would be interesting. Um, you know we'd you know when I was on the CFR Commission, going way way back, jeez, dating myself. <laughs> um, you know we up
0: until like twenty fifth. No. Yeah, probably 2015 would have been when you were on the commission until, or 2014, or what would have been?
1: Yeah, well, I think I started on the commission in 2012. Okay. Um, But, you know, we talked about moving the dates up, so we avoided some of the nastier weather, and we'd always had a lot of pushback around, you know, need to align with farm fair, need to align with, you know, farmers make sure we're out of the field, um, the rural community. And so I think it's going to be a big test for us to see whether we can pull off a major event like this uh, earlier. You know, hopefully we can engage a whole new audience as well not just our, our, obviously our loyal diehard fans, but we want to engage a whole new set of, uh, um, you know, whole new generation of people that love rodeo as much as we all love rodeo. And so I think there's, there's a whole lot of positives around moving it up. I think, um, so three year term, we wanted to, you know, test the water on, on this new timing This will tell us a lot, but it was, you know, kind of a long enough term. I think we could get a good, good snapshot of it, but a short enough term that, you know, if we need to make a change or something needs to happen, I think we can do that. And then I think the other interesting part about it is, you know, the window of opportunity that they gave us for the building was, um, really makes itself, lends itself to end on a Saturday night. And so. Oh, Really? We're gonna we're gonna start on a Wednesday and we're gonna end on a Saturday night. And so we'll have a perf Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, two on Saturday. And I think it you know that there's there's a lot of pros and cons to it. I mean Vegas did it. Um Vegas stopped on a Saturday night. It you know, leads up to a big party at the end. So, you know, I think there's there's some pros and cons to it for sure. But I, I think the pros outweighed the cons.
0: And so five performances rather than six so we're down one. We're d- like down one performance from the traditional CFR format, which has been that way for a long time. As and long folks, as I can remember. And folks in rodeo are reluctant to change, just like a lot, <laughs> a lot of people we know, right? Like, but that's so. So I guess that takes me to my next question, though, of like prize money um, similarities. I don't, I don't know what the exact specifics are, uh, but we can talk about that a little bit, and then like what the maybe what the other proposals look like, and just kind of a few few points that way.
1: I think the you know basically the prize money would generally speaking be the same but it would be split up over five performances instead of six so you can win more in each performance um we can get in get out of the building like you know that's really what they're after um and you know there's there's some other uh performance parts of our contract that I think allow us to start to think about rodeo differently i really think that that's you know we started it way back with you know was also keep dating myself um <laughs> uh, maybe I'm hanging around too long um but like you know there's a number of years ago where we started this uh the you know the digital world where we had flow sports and and now we're on, obviously onto the cowboy channel and you know we couldn't be happier with how this is unfolding, but one of the things that I said at that time um, sitting in a steakhouse in Calgary I spent two nights with the flow sports people and really started to share a vision for how, how we thought rodeo could, could really start to flourish. And the thesis around that was, you know, if we could get enough money for our digital rights, you know, we could start to put money back into our rodeos communities. And, you know, I mean, it was a gamble, I guess at the time, sort of. Um, But at the time we had eight tour events and we've, you know, we fluctuated, you know, pre COVID from eight to 11 but this past year we've had 16 tour events and I think that's a testament to the thesis that we thought about. We started with, um, you know, we have SMS equipment as our title sponsor of our tour. Obviously, you know, the money that we get from the digital streaming, we, you know, we pour that back into our communities. Um, there's money that, you know, that the CFR contract always allows us for, you know, we've called that initiative harder rodeo. Um, that money is now goes back to every community, not just tour events. Um, so, you know, I had a guy at one of the committee meetings years ago say, you guys aren't really doing anything for us. And it really struck a chord with me that said, hey, how do we do things for, instead of just being the overarching rules guys and, you know, the one that everybody goes, well, you're really expensive to have a CPRA rodeo. How do we start to give money back where people go, hey, this is starting to make sense. And it's clear it's happening. We had more rodeos this year than we've had in a long time, not just to our events, but more rodeos. We have more membership this year our membership is way up this year we've never had this kind of membership so how many people i don't uh, know i think it was was almost 1100 members i think this year so you know a big part of that is going to be i mean let's make no mistake a big part of that is breakaway roping i mean that's i think that's been a huge ad for us and we wanted to include the breakaway ropers to some degree in in our proposal and in how we move forward I didn't want them to go through all the same heartaches the team ropers had to go through and the barrel racers <laughs> which, had to go through. Which you were part of. I was a right? very big a, a part of all of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how do we continue to, you know, how do we continue to grow our sport and, uh, and do a good job of it and, you know, not tax our, our communities so much. So, you know, these bonuses that we could receive, you know, could go on to, you know, really bolster a big tour event. Um, they could bolster our Maple Leaf Circuit Finals. Um, so some of these things I think could really be a big thing for us as an organization as we move forward.
0: i I gotta go to the tour rodeo point though, and I gotta ask the question. It's been an eight thousand dollars threshold for a long time, and i'm I'm just thinking like, what's the plan on that increasing, or is there a different threshold? because there might be more, but just with the way that money works, we should have a lot more we should have should have a lot higher prize money at a lot more places where you know, not to single one place out, but like some rodeos still pay the same amount of prize money now as they did 25 years ago.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, other costs have gone up, you know, people costs, stock costs, um, you know, personnel. I mean, you know, Oh, well, I'm sitting here with two contractors right now. I got to be really <laughs> careful. <laughs> yeah, got to watch your words here. But, John. But We're you, not stock contractors. Uh, yeah. No, but you're these you, rodeos you, having two announcers yeah. and a good sound guy. Right? I mean, you know, I mean, so like all those things start to add into the costs, and and so I don't I don't know that I'm that upset about a rodeo that adds eight thousand dollars, gives us a chance for tour points and tour events, and you know that's a big commitment from a committee, a volunteer committee standpoint. And, you know, if you look at, you look across the board this year, I was actually telling this to somebody else the other day. I said, if you just looked at the standings today of what it took to make the Canadian finals in 2023, and you looked at what it took in 20, let's go back to 2015 or 20, even I think last time I went was 2012. If you looked back at what it took in 2012 versus what it took in 2023, you'd be shocked. It's almost double. The bottom spots are oh, almost really? double. Oh, wow. So... Like not the top spots. The top spots are, are you know are, are are flourishing too, but the bottom spots. Like to make the team roping finals, I think this year you had to make well over twenty thousand. Yeah. And the last year I think I went, I think I had made sixteen thousand. Oh really? So, and like, what
0: what spot were you in when you made it?
1: I think I was like eighth, maybe or oh, ninth. Really? So it was, so it was like
0: twelve or so was the lower end. Yeah.
1: So like it's 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 changed dramatically, and, and, and equal
0: money in the team roping makes it more dramatic too.
1: But there's not equal money everywhere.
0: True, but it's it, there's more places that have it
1: panoka this year was a huge step like yeah, lyle kurtz at cvs controls like that was a huge huge kudo to him
0: yeah he sponsored that in the tie down i
1: think that, uh, well i don't know what all he sponsored there yeah. but i'm telling you like that like just stepping up and making that commitment was you know it, and it showed in the quality of the team robbers that we got this year yeah. competing at the rodeo
2: And that's big for those guys trying to get the nfr as well our canadian guys yeah we to make had a run at it dawson
0: dylan almost make it yeah no and, the w- and they will at yeah. some point yes yeah, i think year. there was one
1: year the levi simpson ended up like 16th or something and they had you know not eco money in, in pinocca if they had eco money in pinocca yeah, he would yeah. have made it easy yeah. and i think <laughs> oh, that's too i think that's a real right you know i think you know you know fantastic that lyle stepped up and did that and you know i mean obviously he's a massive supporter of the rodeo and you know the world needs you know our our, our world needs like those kinds of people right um to, to step up, but, um, yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: So back to, back to CFR chat and, and obviously, uh, so a few less perfs, um,
1: one less, just one, one less. less, one less perf. I not guess a yeah. not, not a few, not a few, one <laughs> less. Um,
2: uh, what is kind of the turnaround time for getting into the building and getting, getting out? Cause we're going to be there Wednesday to Saturday. You obviously have a, a little bit bigger, of a four window, days so stretch. What, what is, what is that in and what is that out the hard out?
1: Yeah, I think. You know, I, I we we haven't got into that too much, um, but you know, I think there's, you know, with with Red Deer, we always had lots of like, you know, lots of time to maneuver, and I I don't think we're going to have that same kind of timing. Like, we're going to have to be in, and we're going to have to get out. So, um, I don't know I think we'll have a two day session to get in, probably you know one day to get out, and like those are big. Th- those are fast turnarounds, and you, you know, you you would know this from being in the event world. It's those are fast turnarounds with dirt and all the things that dirt brings and, and, and so to get that ready. And, and so I, I think, you know, it's, it was a tough ask, but uh, you know, I think it's possible.
2: Can we chat about the stakeholders that are part of this, uh, well, bring this and before that, let's talk actual
0: dates too. For those that might've missed it, just tell us the actual dates, uh, on when it's going to be there. It sounds like maybe it sounds like October, but I, I don't, I haven't actually seen the dates yet.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I've had so many dates in my brain the last few <laughs> days, but, um, I think the first year is October 2nd through 5th. Okay. I think those are the dates, but whatever the Wednesday through uh, Through Saturday Saturday is, that weekend. I think it's 2nd through
2: 5th. And you were referencing hockey. So anyone that's listening, that's not familiar, the NHL generally kicks off that kind of 13th to 15th week of October generally is when the NHL is going, right? So.
1: Yeah. And I think they wanted to have the building ready for their homestand. And, and so that's, that's fine. And, you know, let's let's, you know i think uh, it's up to us now to to put on a fantastic show and show them how good a job we can do in that building
2: so kind of first week of october yeah let's let's go back and talk it is about the, the second people to the fifth, just
0: for
1: the record yeah
2: that that brought it brought it here and and uh, not only the people that brought it here but maybe some of the the relationships that were already kind of established that helped the partnership
1: yeah. So obviously our big, um, you know, our big supporter there is Explore Edmonton. Explore Edmonton is largely backed by, you know, the Destination Marketing Fund um, in, in 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 Edmonton and, you know, the city's obviously uh, city manager was, you know, in all those conversations. And you know, what I think other people, you know, don't always understand or appreciate is how long this process takes. Um, you know, you, you, you know, people go, oh, well, you just go and negotiate a quick deal. Well, there's a lot of things to discuss and obviously you're working multiple angles at the same time. And, you know, we had three really great venues to, to ho- to have, uh, you know, an option for this, uh, event. And, you know, Red Deer has been a great home for us. And, you know, central Alberta has been a, you know, always welcomed us with open arms and, you know, we can't thank Red Deer and Westerner Park and, um, the city, the county, um, people in Red Deer have done an amazing job of, of, you know, and they couldn't have lived through a worse time, you know, COVID you know, last year would probably the worst snowstorm in CFR history. Um, I mean, I remember some doozies in Edmonton when I was there, but I mean, that one was almost to that, kick it off. That too. was the first day. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like what a kick in the pants. Right. So, you know, uh, you can't give them enough credit. Um, but the big stakeholders, you know, in Edmonton would be, the, you know, Explore Edmonton is, you know, their, their whole objective is to bring economic development to, um, an economic impact into the city. And, you know, they understand what the economic impact is, um, you know, Explorer Edmonton also, you know, took over, um, some of the assets from the old ex- Northlands. So they would run K-days as well. And, and so, you know, it's been really exciting to see how, you know, that dynamic is and how badly they wanted it and, and, you know, and how they've worked hard to work with, um, you know, the Oilers Entertainment Group to try and bring this to life. And, just the people, as you know, we've had multiple meetings in Edmonton over the course of the last year. And every time we go, it's just people are beaming from year to year with the thought process of us coming back. And and so trying to get a deal done has been, you know, obviously it's been a big deal.
0: Well, and you, like you, uh, even from the previous uh, offer, because there was an offer in 2015, is it from the Oilers group to put on the CFR? Like that was the one of the original... Um, continuations and then that's when things went you know kind of awry and then the CFR ended up in Red Deer that was kind of like the decline of the offer in Edmonton previously by the board and management at that time you had finished before that with the CPRA and your previous general manager position then but but then but like you had still kind of kept in contact with the people and you knew the key players and a rodeo came back to Edmonton in 2018 and 19 I forget now but they last had, like, year
1: there was in 2017.
0: So. Well, but I mean the like the fall rodeo. Oh yeah, the fall rodeo. That because yeah. that was so, one that came back was a totally new rodeo. Yeah, it totally. was a tour rodeo that came back. Yeah. So like there was always like you 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 personally had always kept in contact with the with the Oilers and with the people in Edmonton. Like it wasn't like like you you still kind of had had talked to the folks. That that was that's kind of what my point is. Is that you might not have been in the role in the couple years when the one deal got declined. And but then you were instrumental in in helping negotiate the deal for the CFR to go to to Red Deer, and now you're part of it going back to Edmonton.
1: Yeah, I think it was interesting. Uh, one of the very first meetings we had, I think OEG was in the room, the Oilers Entertainment Group. Um, you know, Stu Valentine's been a, a pretty good ally for us, and he was uh,
0: Aquila at one point, or has he always no, been?
1: No, no, he's been uh, Oilers OEG uh, forever. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's been in that system for a long time but i think he's our chief operating officer and president now um but he was a cfr guy previously too right he well he's definitely been around us a long time so one of the comments he made it early in when we were discussing it was hey uh you know this building was made for rodeo I said, do you have any idea how many times Keenan Vine and I drove up to Edmonton <laughs> to help with the design of this building? Well, and Donnie to make Joe it- was a consultant yeah. to
0: OEG for years to yeah. build that thing for Well, the hotel. three of us, Donnie yeah. Joe,
1: probably lesser you know, at, at, yeah. in certain events, but um, there was certainly a big period of time there where the three of us were at lots of meetings around... You know, if you look at their hallways where the dressing rooms are, those things are 12 feet wide and 10 feet high, yeah. Well, you can, you can ride a horse and push cattle down there and, yeah, and there's a reason the for that. Like those yeah. are massive hallways and people go, geez, these hallways are really big. Well, yeah. you know, there's a lot of thought process put into trying to make this event um, great in Edmonton and, you know, it. There's you know, two
0: hallways that are almost that wide it, there. It,
1: it, it certainly, it certainly uh, broke my heart, um, you know, in 2015 when, you know, things started to go off the rails with, with you know, the Oilers group at that time and, you know, hey, uh, you know, can't saw sawdust, like that's behind us and let's move on. But, um, but hey, uh, you know, the guys that were in charge of that time thought there was a better path and and that's all great. And, and, um, but here we are and, you know, we're, we're working towards bringing this big thing back. And, you know, now, you know, the job at hand is to, you know, rally the corporate citizens, rally the city, rally everybody and go, hey, listen, you know, we, we need your support, and we need to, this to go big for lots of reasons. And and uh, you know, if we can all demonstrate that we're going to put our best foot forward, I think that there could be uh, you know uh, possibly a longer term uh, situation there.
2: Now, normally when the CFR was in Edmonton, of course, it you know it there was the uh, the other events going on that would help support it and, and bring the people in. And is that something that Explore Edmonton or that group is going to look at doing, or is are they thinking that CFR be a standalone event now
1: no i I, it's it's clear that Explore edmonton's whole motive is you know you guys look after what happens in the building and we're going to do our best to bring activations to the outside of the building and what's happening around the city and and you know their level of of excitement right now around those ancillary events is you know like they got lots of great ideas and like you know i let's see how it goes um but yeah no there's no question um, you know we we don't line up with farm fair that's a that's that's not a secret and and uh but you know i think there's there's some things that they have their eyes set on that i think could could really you know bring a great four day party to to downtown Edmonton to the ice district and and uh yeah like let's let's get behind it
0: being able to have the ice district area um for activations is pretty gonna be pretty huge like you can have Concerts out there, and you have a whole beer gardens, and like just the other day we buck some bulls out there. Like there's like enough space to do some pretty major activations, and um and having it like at this time of year, I think it's going to be beneficial for the like bucking stock and for all the horses that are there. Like I think that's I think that's a pretty cool you know kind of silver lining here that to have that to have that different the different date and try it out, and we're going back and you know. The next 50 years of CFR, what does it look like? These first three, you know, this is what the deal is for 50, 51, 52. But but having those, like, having that that different date and having those, like, the logistics, though, are still, there's a lot of hurdles to get across. We can probably talk about that a little bit, too. Yeah,
1: you know, obviously, we're not at Northlands Coliseum anymore. Um, You know, we had not only we had Northlands, we had... You know, Northlands had across the road. They had stockyards. They had a lot of different moving parts there too, like barns. And
0: so, does any of that still exist or no? Like, yeah, it, some
1: of it still exists. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's we'll probably, be able to use
0: some of that, I would imagine.
1: There's probably an opportunity there. Um, you know, we're gonna have to be a little more creative around uh, you know where we're gonna house all the stock and and what we're gonna do with it and you know how much we truck in and how much we truck out and how much we stable there. And but you're right, Ted. I think uh, you know you can you can walk out of the building and have some cool activations out in the ice district. And I think- Fort Hall too? Yeah, uh, Fort Hall is massive, right? I mean, I, there's 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 quite a few opportunities. And, you know, I, I don't know. When we moved to Red Deer, you know, you thought, oh, well, you know, the sky's falling and everything's terrible. And, you know, it turned out to be pretty good there. and and Pretty uh, great there. Yeah. I, I uh, thought
2: last year that Red Deer really found its stride and it really felt like a significant event there. I mean, this winter storm to start the wheat- a lot of people didn't make it in. But I, I thought by Saturday last year in Red Deer, it really felt like, you know, there was some really good things happening there. And
1: yeah, I mean, no. They did a lot of work. They did a lot of work and, and, you know, and rebounded really well. And, you know, they've been a great partner. Like, uh, I just can't say that enough. Like, they've they've done a great job of, you know, when I'd say the first management group that was in there, you know, weren't, weren't as keen on listening to some of our suggestions, which is interesting. Um, but... You know, I think this group is, you know, in the way we've, you know, we've kind of taken what we learned when we moved and applied that to our new contract so that, you know, we can have a little bit, maybe a little tighter hand on how that might go and, and the suggestions and, and how we agree on things. And I think this is, this feels a lot more like, um, more like at the end of the red deer relationship where, you know, guys like Mike Olson and Chloe and and we're so great, um, in red deer and, I feel like we're gonna have that right away, and <clears throat> yeah, it should be should be a great experience. What I want
0: to ask uh, was the actual structure of the agreement, and I don't know, I don't know what you can say or want to say, but like, is there any risk on the side of the CPRA? Like, who is like who's taking on the the risk of this event, and who's who's kind of like footing the where is the budget coming from? Like, in in Red Deer, Westerner Park put the bid in. And they ran the event. There was a lot of collaboration across the sides, but this is a whole new deal. I'm just kind of curious what the uh, what the structure of the deal looks like if if you can even talk about it.
1: Yeah, well, let's let's start with Red Deer because I think when we moved to Red Deer, um, you know, you had a situation where they, you know, we asked for a lot of things and then they gave us everything, and you know, then you know, some of that stuff was not able to be possible, right? So you you, you know you get got better management. Like we went through four CEOs while we were there in six years. Um, and so as we got, you know, as we got to Mike Olson and and in our relationship with Mike was, he's like, you guys are the experts. Why aren't we leaning on you to try and figure this out? I'm like, we're happy to help. We just never been invited to the party. (laughs) So, you know, now, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, as, as we've formulated the new contract, I think we've taken what we've learned and said, Hey, We need to be a part of this. We need to be, we need to have a little bit more hands-on. We need to be sure that, you know, we're helping control the things that we can control. And so, you know, I think that that'll, that'll help it a lot. And, um, it, I think it's a recipe for success and yeah, I think nobody is, uh, you know, so in terms of the stakeholder, you know, our deal is with Explore Edmonton and, you know, there, uh, there's really, you know, I mean, I guess there's really no downside for us, um, you know, in terms of risk. Um, but the risk would be, you know, the event doesn't go well. I mean, I guess that's the risk. Um, so, you know, we're, we're pretty committed to making sure this event goes well and in the, in this short term contract and, and then, you know, our, our anticipation would be, you know, let's pivot from there. Right. But the, the work has just begun again, you know, it'll begin in terms of planning, but it'll also, you know, in behind the scenes, you got to, you know, this 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 looking forward never sleeps. Um, you have to keep looking forward and knowing what your options are. And and so I think, you know, that's what I've been able to bring to this is, you know, get out of the day-to-day rodeo business and, you know, having Denny come in and, and really, you know, manage the day-to-day side of the business and keep me focused on, you know, where, what's happening in the future. I think it's just, it's a healthier place to reside because you can say, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking. I'm not fielding calls from people that are upset about something that yeah. happened today. I'm taking calls with excited people thinking about what's going to happen in a couple of years and 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 how we might make that go. And so, you know, that part of the business, I I really do. You know, I like.
2: Can you speak to what the relationship will be with the Oilers Entertainment Group on this? Is it more of right now? Just you guys are basically a, a tenant in the building at that time, or what does that side of it look like with them?
1: Yeah, I mean. I, I think, I think it'll have to evolve Dustin. Um, you know, obviously they have state of the art technology in this building. They have access to, you know, cameras and things that, you know, most buildings didn't just build in and they built it all. Like, um, you know, they obviously, I mean, they have like a screen that's, you know, most people would die to have, (laughs) right? So, you know, like the technology that they put in there is second to none. And so... You know, we'll we're, you know we're gonna have to navigate and figure out how that relationship works. Um, but you know, the meetings we've had so far is you know they're they're keen to help us try and figure out what that is and what involvement they need to have. But largely, I would say it is a it is a tenant agreement at the moment. But I I think we're gonna woo them over over time. Like I think they're gonna understand that you know we're pretty good guys and and we know what we're doing and and we want we were there to help and and try and make the event better and. You know, if it's better for them, it's got to be better for us. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's that that part of the relationship. I think will have to evolve.
0: I got to go back to uh, how you're talking about working on the forward vision of the CPRA and working with Denny, and he took over the position you previously held. But but like you're actually volunteering for all this. Like, what's is that the case? Like, you're like, there's no. What's the why for you, Jeff? Like, I I wonder sometimes. Like, what what's your why in this? In this whole whole scenario,
1: yeah, you make it sound like it's a bad thing. Um. (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't,
0: I appreciate that you do it, but I wonder why sometimes. Yeah, I get get deflated sometimes because I'm like, geez, like I don't think I can make a difference. And and I like I I appreciate that you're willing to go and put the time and effort in and and do this as you know if if like as a volunteer like that that's takes a lot of time and effort out of your out of your life that you could be doing a lot of a lot of other things.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, I look at you know, my rodeo career and, and how much I enjoyed my time as a competitor and, you know, the, the work that went in behind the scenes from people, you know, in history and, you know, a great guy just recently passed, named Len Perry, who was one of the very great visionaries of the CFR in Edmonton. And, um, you know, people didn't talk about how much Len got paid. Um, you know, you know, when he passed, they talked about how much he gave back. And, and I think, you know, for me, that's, you Know you, you know the old adage, you want to leave things better than you found them, and you know, I I see so much potential coming in our rodeos. Like, you know, I wasn't a rough stock guy, but you see, you know, six saddle broncers, you know, like there, we could have 12 saddle bronc riders at the NFR this right. year. You know, we could have like there's two bow riders, we could probably have six, like, um, you know, the, the like our steer wrestlers are deep, like. You know, our team ropers are coming on, like our, you know, our tie down ropers, you know, Bo Cooper's going, like, you know you can see these kids coming along. And one of my motivations, you know, was there was a picture of the shoots of uh, Colton Schmidt and Kyle Lucas when they were little kids. And I think when I took over as a director of the tie down or the team roping guys at that time, as, you know, I always thought, you know, how could I make it so good for those guys someday that they could actually try and make a living trying to do what we all wanted to do and what we loved? And I say, like that's that's my motivation. There's nothing else, like you know. Yeah, I still run my own full time business. I still coach hockey and do all the things I do. I volunteer on the Hockey Alberta board, and um, you know, I do lots of things. But <clears throat> I, mean, you know, every time I start thinking about, well, you know, I probably should pass the baton and and let somebody else do it. And and you know, when they ask, well, would you keep helping this? And you know, that was one of the things when Denny came along was you know, when I talked to Terry Cook and we had a breakfast one morning and I said, Terry, I think it's time, you know, I I think it's time I moved on from being the GM. And I think there's somebody that could have so much more energy in, in, in handling the day-to-day stuff. And, and, and the day-to-day stuff was never the stuff that really got me going. And anybody that knows me, that's probably true. I was probably cut and dried and, you know, probably like that, you know, where, you know, you see how excited he gets, you know, Denny gets about, you know, handling situations and, 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 and what, what, what gets him up in the morning and, and see all the things that he's done already. I think he's done some really cool things and you go, I didn't have the time nor the energy for it. So, um, but this, I have a lot of time and energy for, because, you know, I think this, this means a lot to everybody and not having a CFR would be, I think would be devastating. And, and so, you know, that was, you know, I think some of your best work always gets done when there's the, when there's a, the thought process where this may not happen if somebody doesn't step up and do it. And I'm like, I think I need to step up and do it. And, you know, if, if next week somebody says, Hey, you, you know, you need to move on. And, you know, that happened in 2014, Their board said, Hey, yeah. you need to move on. And, you know, we need to bring in a different guy. And, you know, I didn't go out kicking and screaming. They said, Hey, I'm happy to let that happen. And, and, uh, you know, but when they called and said, could you come back and help us? I went, <laughs> yeah, like I would, I, you know, obviously, <laughs> But you know, well, was it the
0: same people, though? Yeah. It, wasn't, well, it was probably wasn't the same board no, you No,
1: but, you know, you, you, you know you, every time I came back, it was always, you know, I, I was the team roping and rep, and my term had been done. Somebody else had took that spot. They called me that summer and said, hey, could you come in and help us at the GM spot? I said, sure, I'll help you in an interim. That was in, I think, 2012. You know, I left there two and a half years later. Who was the GM before that? Was that
0: Dale? Uh, Pete Montana. Oh, Pete. Oh, and then who was before Pete? Or was it Pippolo? No, Pippolo was the roadie administrator. Uh, Well, I I think Dale.
1: I think Dale took a stab at it. Jim Pippolo was the GM and the roadie administrator for a while, and I think we burnt the poor guy out. Yeah, Um, like you just you know those are very different. It's a lot of work. Those are very different jobs, and and you know, so you know, I think there's, you know, my motivation is probably not not the same as lots of people's motivation. I don't have like a you know any any crazy you know, thought process around, you know, this has to happen. You know, I just try and keep looking forward and go, how do we keep making this better? And every time you make it better, you go, okay, this is, this is, we're actually making a step change here.
2: Yeah. Can I ask on, uh, just going back to the CFR stuff, talking about going forward and, you know, obviously this event is going to have the ability to sell way more tickets, way more capacity is, is huge. So you got five um,
0: proofs that uh, the capacity I want to say is like 17 something it's like what would it be 120 percent of the capacity of what Westerner was i don't i don't know the stats but it's like seven to 17 like there's a huge opportunity in in potential yeah, there's a sales. huge
1: revenue opportunity and and i think there's uh i think there's also an opportunity you know from a corporate standpoint like from corporate sponsorships and what's happening corporately i think we can we can step up and do a better job there and um yeah, I think there's lots of opportunity there,
2: and and I guess that's where I was going with. So you get you get more people in the seats. You know, if you're activating, I, I think of things like, you know, when the NHL had the awards in Vegas, they're activating, they're bringing new fans in. You know, you, you obviously want to see the same thing happen at a nice time of the year, new fans in. What about the uh, what about the reach on the media side with this deal in Edmonton? Is there is there going to be some opportunity from you know, from a, a broadcast standpoint, t- to grow this thing, or or are you guys happy with where it's at with the Canadian finals and and what that looks like?
1: Yeah, well, our broadcast situation is interesting because you know we're under contract, so um, you know I think in the long term there could be could be change there. Could you know we could branch out into the mainstream, um, you know, um, linear TV type stuff. Um, <clears throat> but you know, if you look at the following. On the Cowboy Channel, you look at the following we had on Flow Sports, I don't think we ever had that following when we tried to go mainstream, and those mainstreams always cost a lot. So, um, you know, I think there's uh, there's, a, there's a partnership on the other side that understands what the value is and what we're doing, and, uh, you know, I think we can grow that too. Um, and, you know, their commitment, you know, I guess we'll see this year, but, <laughs> you know, I think their commitment too on how, How that's going to unfold it it, you know is going to be good too Uh, you know we're you know we're committed to having a live broadcast and and obviously you've been a big part of that for you know a long time and you know we we like the live broadcast aspect of it and you know I think our show is worthy of a live broadcast and and um, yeah I think it's it's good.
2: There's a lot of great stories to tell too you know I think when you when you get there and I think that's an important part of it so Um, and and I'm, I'm assuming as as these years go on and and as those relationships, you know, continue to prosper, whether it's, uh, with the DMFs, so the destination marketing groups or whatever it becomes with the Oilers group, I, I'm, I'm sure everybody's vision is just to keep growing this thing and, and, and making it the best it can be.
1: Yeah. I think if we were just looking at it in, you know, in, in a silo of like, this is how big it could be. Um, let's do the best we can with how big it could be. Red Deer was a great facility for us. Um, if our goal was, you know, to say, Hey, you know, is there a growth opportunity? Well, we're about to find out. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that that growth opportunity exists. And, you know, going back to some of my earlier comments about the thesis is if, if that turns out to be as good as expected, man, there's just no end to what we could do um, with kind of some of, some of that opportunity um, through this contract.
0: What are you what are you most worried about or what makes you nervous on going back to Edmonton? If anything. Like you look at outside of the deal though, this isn't your only deal of this magnitude I'm assuming in not only rodeo but in on the business side of things. Like you I don't know, we can talk about that side of things a little bit, but like you're experienced in these kinds of dealings and I don't think a lot of people in rodeo are. And like just I'm just assuming. I don't know if, if there's many folks that are this involved with rodeo that want that that do that, but like anyways I wanted to get back to that question of like what um the risk yeah well like what are you what are you worried about what are you nervous about for it
1: yeah, I guess you know the moving it up you know a month and that 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 there's some risk there in terms of our traditional some of our traditional rural um communities might not you know i mean use the adage it might be still in the field might not um, be done quite yet might not be done combining and you know I mean. I remember being on the commission way back saying, hey, like, you know, the, is there an opportunity for us to move this up so we could, you know, be assured of some nicer weather? Because um, sometimes weather in Edmonton and, you know, second or third week in November isn't spectacular. The last
2: CFR in Edmonton, that last Sunday, the very final perf, it was like minus 30. It was like minus twenty eight or something on the but f- very last day. But I remember the-
1: going to Ruth Crest and freezing my yeah. ass off yeah. on my way there. Yeah, like, like
2: but, and that's a that is a that but is a factor
0: on the other side though. If it's that early in the year, are we going to still want to be golfing? Like, I wonder if people are going to like want to still be outside and not want to go inside to the show. But right? I think I that's an opportunity that
1: for an activation. Like, there's a, yeah. an opportunity for a golf tournament for the foundation, oh, um, for the benevolent fund. I'm in. I think that's not going to get a team I think like, you know what I mean like, I think there's other opportunities that we're not thinking about because we've been always pigeonholed in a certain time of year where we can't do outside activations now outside activations are a thing and like there's just no telling what we could do if we really just set back and you know and that's where I, I that's where I say if you if you have the time and I and I like to think that I had the time to sit back and and think about these things if you say if I have the time to think about what are the things cool things we could do if the weather was a little nicer? I think you're uh, you hit the nail on the head. Well, look
2: at look at what NHL teams do with these spring playoff parties when the weather's nice and red lots and the what they do up in Edmonton and, and I mean all over sports. I think hockey's a good example. Football, like when you can have those experiences outside of the venue in advance, it, it enhances that value for fans. And I'm I'm one I'm a sucker for it. If there's something going on. I want to be there before I want to tailgate. I want to go to the red lots, man. I I think that's super cool. And that could be fun with the CFR.
0: I could see like a, like the tailgate party, like the full tailgate party out there before the rodeo, you know, especially on the Friday, Saturday perfs. But like, you could have your whole, you could have your whole broadcast, like your preview show out there in the, in the square. Like there's a lot of like pretty fun stuff. I got, you, you could even have outdoor concerts after the rodeo in that square that everybody could come to after with any sort of a band like anybody could perform that you could have any kind of any kind of level of talent yeah you could have like pretty crazy amounts of shows out there i'm just i'm just thinking about it but like
1: clearly i got you guys both very excited about <laughs> this <laughs> well, idea we're we live like
2: production uh, sports <laughs> yeah. guys so uh, you know how that works but that that has got to be another avenue that and, and i think red deer was uh, obviously weather is a factor so everything was indoors but that route of the cabarets and the buckle presentations and things like that, that's important to these events because it, it's its really a nice add-on.
1: Yeah, it's a great add-on. And, you know, how do we, you know, I've never, I don't know that we've ever found the secret sauce yet um, for those events. And I think, you know, there's with the outside activations. I think there's just, I mean, there's just no telling what we could do with it that it could really make that cool.
0: Well, if you need me to do the buckle presentations outside in the, in the, uh, you know, in the square out there, I can get some. I can get a bigger, thicker jacket if I need to if it's cold out there. But. This is my
1: buddy Teddy. Always <laughs> self proclaiming for his yeah, own, if he, his, he his he own good. <laughs> if, just he if you need me. me,
0: yeah. Just if you need me, yeah. Um,
2: I I wanted to go back uh, just just quick to I got to, some, to I got Red a Deer. Okay, I want to go back to Red Deer because if I recall, and I'm just going off recollection, when you guys first announced CFR in Red Deer, was it announced as a potential a ten year deal? Five and five. Five and five. So. I guess what, what led us now to the deal being done and and getting to Edmonton. I just want to touch on that just briefly.
1: Yeah, well, you know, if the podcast needs to be two hours long, I can make it that long. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I was just curious because I I just remember like 10 was a big number when it first got announced.
1: I think there's a lot of misconceptions about, about that. So it was two five-year deals. And at the end of the first five-year deal, there was an opportunity for Western Park to... So keep in mind when we signed the first deal, it was Westerner Park in the Chamber um, of Commerce, and that changed over time. Um, there was a number of changes to our contract as we moved through, so it was pretty fluid. Um, and then, you know, I think if you look at it and say, you know, if I was Westerner Park, um, I think what what the real message to the rest of the community in Red Deer was was this can't be on Westerner Park shoulders. Um, and so, and so lots of people were confused when West, you know, when, when, when the bidding process, you know, when we asked for RFPs, you know, Red Deer bid and, uh, and, and, and they put in a good bid. Um, but this time it came from the city of Red Deer, Red Deer County, um, and Westerner Park. So like, uh, I think it's, you know, there was a, a different vibe of the bid and it's certainly a different crew of people we'd be dealing with, um. If we would have went ahead with Red Deer, we would have, we'd have activated a whole new group of people, committee, whatever that would have been. So as much as I would say, you know, Red Deer asked for termination there, um, Western Park did not Red Deer. And then, so then if you fast forward and say, okay, when, when their, when their bid came in and and we were explaining the bid to the board, they are like, well, didn't they just kibosh this? Like, (laughs) yeah, they did, but. I think it was a good reset for them as a city and, and, you know, even, uh, you know, post, you know, post, uh, decision on, on where we're moving to. I think that's the feedback too, was, you know, we, we got to rally around this and, you know, we're not going away. And so I think that was, for me, that was really encouraging, um, to say, Hey, like, you know, when in three years time, don't expect us not to be at the table. Cause we're going to be at the table. And I think that's really cool.
2: Does this open the door? I, I know if you look at, you know, where there's tour finals, there's Maple Leafs finals, they're all in great homes. We've seen different renditions. The grassroots finals was another. Uh, does this still leave the door open for Red Deer to be partners with the para on future events? Or, Absolutely. Yeah. Because I mean, it was a great venue. Uh, you know, we, they obviously saw some, some, some really good things there. So it, is that something you'd hope to see ro- pro rodeo in some capacity in Red Deer?
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that was the discussion that, uh, Mayor Johnson and I had the other day is, you know, this, it might be no today, but it's not no forever. It's not, it's, it's not, you know, we don't want it. it's not that we don't want to be in Red Deer. We, we enjoyed our time there. We, we, they have a first class facility. Um, you just can't knock the facility that like you could walk from the Centrium all the way around to that building through all the exhibitions, through the cabaret, never go outside and like they have a pretty cool setup there i i still think and you know they you know a couple hundred stalls there they're built for equine events they're built for for you know ag related events and so you know i think this next time around it's going to be really fun thinking about what they might come with and how how they're going to do it and and you know like you know i think they're on the map now and and
2: having having those kind of bids, and I know there is more than than just the two we spoke of uh, it's, it's got to be a nice little bit of an accountability for the for those who are hosting just to to essentially bring their a game because there's a lot of there's a lot of good options out there now after going through a few years of some some trials and figuring out where it would land but but there's some there's some options for the CPRA.
1: yeah and I think you know cFR is a is a is a commodity and 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 it you know i mean there was lots of discussion through this process around you know, do we, do we try and treat it like a gray cup? Do we try and, you know, have it hosted in a different place every year? And, you know, there's a lot of serious thought put into, you know, could that work? Um, But it, it seems to me like every time we start into those conversations, like whoever wants it seems to want it for a period of time, right? So, and I think, I think it's, it's the ancillary activations that, that drive that and, and, until we have uh, our own ancillary activations, uh, you know, we probably don't get that. Like if you go to a, you go to a Grey Cup in Calgary, like there's Saskatchewan has their own tent and. Different field houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a completely different vibe, yeah. right? Yeah, so, yeah.
2: so. I guess we'd have to go to like the saddle bronc riders area. <laughs> and <the laughs> Yeah, Team which, area. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and
1: that's the thing about, the, you know, our sport that people just sometimes lose perspective of too, is our sport is just different. We have, yeah. you know, eight different events. And, you know, and, and 11, if you count the the novice and the boys in, in the steer riding, right? So, you know, there's a lot of events and there's a lot of, we have a lot of masters that we're trying to, to make happy too. And and so, yeah, I think just along those lines, it's, it's just not just your everyday kind of, it's not just a hockey game.
0: Yep. Well, speaking of the novice and, uh, and the breakaway, I, I didn't even ask what, like what those look like in this new deal in Edmonton. We didn't touch on that at all yet.
1: Yeah, no, it would be a similar format to, you know, how we have it now. And I mean, we haven't gone through all the details of that yet, but, you know, we're still trying to get through CFR 49 um, yet. And, uh, you know, I think those will be conversations we have right away in terms of how that works.
2: Is it thought that they, those guys will compete for their finale in, in the building at CFR?
1: Yeah, that's our thought, yeah. it's at least at the moment anyway.
0: Um, then as far as, like, trade shows go, if, the, if Farm Fair isn't in – at the same time, it, if it's if Farm Fair stays uh, in November, where it traditionally has been, that means that if we're going to do a CFR trade show and the, those ancillary events that way, um, that's not going to be something put on by the CPRA. Those are going to be those are going to be Explore Edmonton events that they're going to put together. But they're probably going to be at the Expo Center and in in. Uh, uh, pro- they're probably going to end up being over there when those are Explore Edmonton venues. Essentially, is what I'm kind of trying to lead into
1: yeah we really haven't got into those details yet but you know i would say you know don't count out fort hall don't count out yeah you know there's a there's a whole other practice facility um in roger's place like there's a lot of need
0: that for horses
1: (laughs) maybe yeah maybe the Mm. nice time of year we can keep the horses outside
0: i guess that's true too
1: so like there's a whole other building there that we could do all kinds of cool and amazing things in. so
0: really big beer gardens so like,
1: <laughs> right? Don't 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 sell yourself short in terms That's of true, what the true. possibilities are. Especially right? Especially October,
0: I kind of forgot about that part. <laughs> but like, but November was so traditionally like you had to have so much infrastructure in place on the stock side, and when you're at Northlands, you had the space to put the stock on the other side of the road over that way, and people could walk over from the from the trade show and farm fair. Like it was such a different, it's me a totally unique setup that way. And you know what's going to happen all day? I don't know what people are going to like. There's a lot. There's a lot of opportunities and things that people could do, but. Well, I think the ice district,
1: you said it earlier, the ice district's going to lend itself Mm -hmm. to a bunch of stuff. I think, you know, Ford Hall could have activations. I think there could be activations in the practice facility. I think there could be. You know, outside, th- th- there's there a lot a of things that could happen, outside, right?
0: Too. They had a whole beer garden, a beer garden, uh, or a kind of set up there when we were there last.
1: Uh, OEG has 11 ago. acres surrounding that building, so I'm pretty 11 sure 11 acres sure. The footprint there. Yeah, pretty sure that we can yeah. have a big footprint to figure it out.
0: Did you get a room deal with the J Dub yet? <laughs>
1: um, hopefully. if you're asking me if I have a room reservation at the J Dub,
0: <laughs> hopefully,
1: uh, my wife does. Your wife does. <laughs>
0: Barb is on it. is on looking, it. I was looking at the Weston again because that was one of the best stops before. Yeah,
1: last night she, we were having dinner and I said, you know, if you're smart, you get on the J Dub and get a <laughs> get room resort. Right resi-
2: I'm I'm <laughs> excited for uh, CFR uh, wrap-ups at Ruth Chris again. Uh, oh man, you could, down you could, in you the get, vault room. We got
0: all Sunday now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We like got Dustin, all Sunday. Dustin, there'll be never another night like that ever again <laughs> in history. That was probably the biggest night in my life.
0: Um Okay, I gotta I gotta we gotta go a little bit on this. There's like Something else I want to get to a little bit too, but like, just the history. Like that event in Edmonton was there for forty-four years, right? The forty-four editions of the Canadian Finals in Edmonton. Like, there's it was started there. It lived most of its life there before it moved. Like, there's the tradition and the the memories and the you know the heritage of the event. Like, how much did that play into things, and how much did that you know come up with things with the Explore Edmonton group and the and the city and you know. I'm curious how much they missed it too, because they there's a big hole in that economic center of Edmonton that was missing these last five years. That they're probably like, hey, like there's actually we're actually we actually do the miss this and the businesses miss this. You don't like know what back. you got
1: till
3: it's gone. Till it's gone, I,
1: yeah. You know, I, I think when you, you know, so obviously we've spent a lot of time in 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 all the centers that had you know bid proposals and. And I think one of the things that's, you know, rings through to me anyway, as you, as you think about it is everywhere we went in Edmonton, people talked about history. They talked about, you know, you know, what, what, what had been, you know, what, you know, they keep talking about, well, you know, guys came in and bought their F-150s and they did this and they did that. On their Ram trucks. And all those things, right? So, you know, I think all those are, are, are a really big, important piece of it. It's you know, the economic development or the economic impact in the city was definitely huge. And so, you know, I don't think that's lost on the stakeholders. Um, yeah, so uh, and, it's gonna. It, and I, when you talk
2: about destination marketing funds, they're all, they all survive based on, you know, people staying in hotels, right? That's, that's, that's kind of what when you, when you see a, a tourism levy on your hotel reservation, when you check out. 12%. That's, that, that's how these, that's how these outfits invest back in the communities. That's where they get their money, but that's how they, they, they build their money essentially. Right. If, if that's, yeah. if, if I'm correct in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, uh, you know, they would be the, I would say one of the biggest drivers in us going back and, yeah, I don't see that being less this time for sure. I mean, they've always been a huge part of our existence there, and
0: it was like a three hundred thousand dollar check at one point from the DMF, or maybe more. I forget what it was. But yeah, I don't you know, remember the exact amount, money.
1: but yeah, they've been a huge supporter for sure.
2: If you can say, like, you know, just for people and in, in a in a catch-all, like, what what does it cost to put on a a, a rodeo or an event of this magnitude? Can,
1: can we can, you can we guess
0: that? first, and you can tell us how off we are?
1: Yeah, yeah, let her rip.
0: What do you think, Dustin? You got a number?
2: I would say like one, one and a half.
0: You're way off. It's like, um, my guess is like all in if Explore Edmonton's putting a bid together, um, like if that's the number we're looking at, like we're looking at the Explore number, like what the bids were, my guess would be like.
2: Is this including the prize money? Yeah, everything. Okay, so yeah, then I'm. Yeah, so try again. I'm going to say four. And I, I
0: think like four and a half to five
1: yeah it's it's gonna be from that four and a half to five million dollars to try and pull us all off with costs and 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 activations and you know obviously our part is a big part of that um but you know their their part is huge like um you know one of the things that you know really came to light in this you know in this particular piece is you know the to have you know we 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 view our our portion is a host fee and then our host fee covers jackets and prizes and prize money and stock and, you know, all, you know, all our personnel costs. And, you know, and so that number, obviously we've had a, you know, three or four years in Red deer to hone that number and, and to figure out that number. And, you know, I think that, you know, we've, we've done our best to try and, you know, make that number palatable in terms of, you know, where we're at and, Um, but you know, you know, when, when, you know, we started talking through it, you know, when they start rattling off the things that they're going to put money into, you go, you know, we're just part of it. Like, you know, our, our part is a part of it, but you know, to create those activations and, 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 you know, you never get it right. The first kick, right? Like, so in 24, you know, if we get it right, I'd be shocked. Um, there'll be things we go, oh, we should have done this and we should have done that. And all the best planning, you know, and you can have some pretty smart people in the room, but, you know, trying to get that all lined out is, you know, like I remember the first year we were going to Red Deer and everybody said, oh, we got to have live bands. and We got to this. Well, you know, they, they overshot their budget by a lot. Right. And, okay. and so.
2: So it's kind of a fail forward mentality. You got so,
1: Well, and. <laughs> but it costs you. And at the it's, time it's, I'm going. Well, if I was you, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um,
0: but they didn't listen. Like it wasn't necessarily yeah. like part of the. Yeah. Poem. And,
1: and, and you feel, you know, in a way you kind of feel bad because they're excited and they, they think they know best and, but none of those guys were event guys. And so, you know, now being around this event for a long time, you kind of get to be an event guy and you kind of go, well, I know what works and I know what doesn't work. And, and, you know, and. That's where I've always appreciated guys like Keenan too, right? You can get to chat with him about, hey, um, this is what we're thinking about. This is, you know, and he's like, oh, well, yeah, you should do that, but you should do that, you know, put this spin on it. Or, you know, he's always got some stuff that's, you know, a bit different thinking too, right? And so uh, I think it it always makes – nobody's ever going to be right 100% of the time, but, you know, we, we definitely get a couple of years to get a, get a well, good run at it. and
0: speaking it. of Keenan, um, the – that leads me to the next part about the production. Can I open another beer? Yeah, I brought yeah, more for break. us. Yeah, um, be a break. but I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about the Keenan side of things in the production because you mentioned the partnership and the what the agreement looks like and what you're involved with. But the CPRA as an organization is a member-driven nonprofit in Canada and. The CPRA is not in the business of producing rodeos. You're in the business, technically, of conducting the uh, administration, the administration, the governance. Yeah, like Storm says. So it's it's a um, to go into the production side is is a bit of a different uh, a different path, and like it's not part of the technically like what would be the business plan of the CPRA, But I've always thought that it probably should be a little bit more, and there could be like a cpra production person at every high level rodeo to help with the show because it's but it's tough because you don't want to tell the committees what to do or what not to do because they're volunteer committee that's put on the show but that leads to a whole nother rabbit hole about like what the board of the cpra is you know what is right or wrong in that scenario but anyways like going back to keenan uh he's involved currently and working for westerner under advice 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 of the CPRA or or like I'm looking I'm for curious. a word there he's yeah, another
2: liaison <laughs> yeah production liaison yeah
0: he's a paid liaison yeah on the on the on the rodeo side but anyways but like in Edmonton there'd be more involvement with um, CPRA help and production like you guys have Tanner Gurlitz now as part of the office he's done a lot of production a lot of rodeos he he knows the difference on the stock contracting side just we got to talk about that a little bit
1: too I mean it's always been something our boards talked about and and you know, who covers that cost and how does that look and act? And, you know, some of the, you know, some committees take it upon themselves and, and, and try and figure out a way to work that into their budget. Obviously, you know, I think about new rodeos that we've added in the last couple of years, like Lethbridge has come back to us. Um, and Mike Workington's done a great job with his event down in Lethbridge. Former Northlands guy. Former Northlands guy. And, and with some vision around what, how he wants to see this unfold. And, you know, he didn't hesitate a second to, you know, make sure he brought Keenan in and, you know everything from rodeo setup to working the ground to picking rocks to yeah. like whatever he does, he does. And you know, I think hiring good announcers, baiting the, payton the uh-uh. shoots. <laughs> <laughs> and hiring really, really <laughs> average announcers, though. Um, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I, I think uh, more average
0: sound guys. Yeah, but you That's know, me. I think he's
1: sound. taking it upon himself to say, "Hey, like, how do I make my rodeo, you know, really good?" And and not, you know, Mike's a great guy, and but he's not a rodeo guy, so he's like. He's like hey how do I fit this into my budget and make it work and and I you know and obviously Keenan you know Keenan and he have a relationship to figure that out and you know i, I think that was one of the recommendations I had for uh, western park was you know you don't have to be the, the jack of all trades there's guys there's guys out there that that can actually you know that do this for a living and and figure out how to make it work and why wouldn't you want the you know why wouldn't you want that expertise if I was putting on one uh, you know and I've been around them a lot, like I still wouldn't, wouldn't be scared to, to bring somebody like that on and, and say, Hey, uh, this guy does, you know, when you have fantastic rodeo committees that have figured out how to make that work so well, you know, that's so awesome. I, 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 when committees that are volunteer committees, pull that off and, you know, I think about rodeos like Pinocchio that are just like truly like they're grade A yeah. Elite rodeos that that have figured out how to make that work with their volunteers. I think that's so cool. And but then there's other guys that you know pulling this off. Going, hey, I'm not sure how to make this work. Well, why wouldn't you want to make it work? So yeah. I, I think adding that expertise in there is is uh, is is really key. So
2: will you, is that kind of the plan going forward over the next three years with with the Edmonton group on on those kind of decisions and that kind of planning? Is that something that the CPRA will continue to? Kind of lead the foot forward. I know, and when it was in uh, in Edmonton before, there was a commission that helped in the hiring of of different personnel and, and production side of it. So, you know, maybe that's Ted. where some of your question was going is what what will that look like, and what will the CPRA's role versus Northland? That's or not exactly it. Yeah.
1: Had, yeah. So uh, so very talk. similar to the way Red Deer was. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna have. We're going to have a committee, and you know that committee oh, a is CFR committee, yeah, a CFR committee, and that committee is you know largely in charge of what happens in the dirt, and 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 then you know if you go to the contract, you know what what the CPRA is responsible for in our host fee um, will be very similar to the way it's been the last few years. Yeah. So personnel, lots of personnel are being hired by us, and and you know we're going to keep you know these are the things that we think we can have a lot of control of, and then. You know there's other things that you know the building you know the people that that are that are renting in the building or, or own the building you know they they know better than we do in terms of how to do certain things right so we've tried to divvy those things up and 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 try and make that and i think we've shown in red Deer that it actually works better that way
2: Yeah, and i think that um uh, you, you spoke to it earlier and I say this uh, having 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 been working in the saddle in the last couple months, but <laughs> that building is gonna. a <laughs>
0: screen is the size of uh, the, <laughs> the bench monitor at, uh, at Rogers. Yeah. Uh,
2: we're getting a new building now; that's yeah. exciting. But uh, that that's got to lend itself to some pretty cool opportunities uh, from the production side for that show, and I'm sure that was probably part of that conversation as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think like I said before, like this, they have a state of the art. Like I. The first time you ever see the control room in in uh, Roger's place, you, you just go like you're gobsmacked. Like there's more bells and whistles and buttons and screens and you know I always remember the one that was in Northland's place. You know where Northland's Coliseum was at the bottom by the downstairs bar. You could see bar. it from the bar, right? Yeah, and it always looked pretty cool. Well, this one like looks rivals that. Like it like, <laughs> it's like it ten looks times it looks like something in downtown New York you'd see at NBC or something.
0: They even have a camera inside the jumbotron. That's on this little like rig. Maybe there's even two of them, but you have like a full camera angle. That's underneath the jumbotron for another angle. It's like kind of like halfway, halfway's way's jib cam and halfway like robo cam that you can run underneath of the scoreboard. The screens underneath the scoreboard at Rogers for the ice level people are almost bigger than the saddle domes that's right crazy. now. It's crazy. Yeah. That's the difference.
2: That's crazy. It's wild. Um, Sorry Is there any, on a there been any scu- discussion on uh, like ticket prices and things like that? Cause I know oh, that, yeah. that, that evolved a lot in red year and, and obviously and there's six not pack as many tickets. seats. And yeah, like I guess, is that, is that part of this discussion? Yeah, Isn't be is called five-pack
1: tickets. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, five-pack, five yeah. Pack, yeah. Right.
1: I, I, I don't know what they're going to call it. Um, You know, obviously there was a huge following in Edmonton previously that, you know, six-pack ticket holders, some people pass them down from generation to generation. and
2: I'm cutting you off, but was there, wasn't there was there at one point more six-pack holders when the event came to Red Deer than even available seats in Red Deer? Yes, that's a fact.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I still see that that's... Uh, you know, uh, we haven't got into ticketing strategies yet. Um, ticketing strategies, obviously, we're still trying to prepare for CFR forty nine. Yeah, yeah. But um, can't sell tickets yeah, to an event
2: that the other one hasn't. Yeah, finished um, yet.
1: Well, you can, but,
0: but probably shouldn't.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I see that. You know, there's uh, if you've been into an event in Rogers Place, it's it's a pretty cool venue. Um, you know, I think the the thing that's probably different this time around is. The ticket revenue will will go to explore, and so okay. and uh, what
0: what was the previous? It was Northlands, which so it's similar though, right? But there's some bonuses like you're saying. The ticket revenue will go to explore, but yeah, previously so food there, and
1: beverage obviously will stay with the Oilers. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah, And then ticket revenue will go will go to uh, will go to explore. And what about merchandise? And then you know, merchandise is all part yeah. of uh, it's all part or Jeff of Jeff
2: Robson uh, official coffee y- mug. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna get my own Jeff Robson beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we know people that make beer. I mean, clearly, you do. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, those are all things that we've talked about, and 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 I think you know it's, uh merchandise is always one of those things that there's there's people that do it really well. Like I think Cowboy Shit does it really well. <laughs> Storm um, does
0: it really well. I just then, sell it.
1: And then there's I think there's 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 people that don't do merch well, and and um, and so I think we, we're somewhere in the middle of that and, and so how do we how do we ratchet that up a notch and certainly something we've been talking about in terms of how do we make that better and so yeah, no I'm I'm excited about how that's gonna unfold and yeah.
0: So it's essentially like your revenue streams though are sponsorship, ticket sales, and merchandise is kind of like the potential revenue streams for CFR. In this new agreement, and it's probably what it previously was in Red Deer, similar like it's a similar thing for the CPRA. It's it's uh, the host fee, yeah. so that's that's that piece. But otherwise, like it's a, it's Explore Edmonton on on they got they got those three pieces, and then you had mentioned maybe some bonus pieces on different levels of sales and what could go back to different portions that we kind of already covered that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so we built some tiering into uh, you know depending on how many tickets are sold. Is that um, a, is that a
0: number or a, or a revenue? revenue
1: it's a number uh it's a number of people in the building okay and then
0: uh not giveaways like actual paid tickets
1: yeah paid tickets yeah you know whether they come or whether they don't come is irrelevant but i think the you know i think the interesting part of that is you know we tried to set that so you know in a way that i think the 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 bar is isn't so high that we couldn't achieve some of those bonuses and I think that's where the bonuses. Um, so the bonuses on uh, is on ticket sales, and then also the bonuses are on sponsorships. So, mm-hmm. you know, which is
0: all taken on by Explore or partially CPRA or what does that look well,
1: like? Well, I mean, if you think about it, if we're paid on bonuses, You're gonna bonuses, put money we're we're going to want to be bringing in sponsorship, yeah. right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, to eat what you kill kind of scenario. Well, yeah. and, and it doesn't matter whether they sign them or we sign them. It still contributes Same to the difference. pot, and so yeah. anything over a certain number, we're going to share in that. So, okay, and so I think that's that's also interesting. So, you know, there's lots of things we can do with that. Like, like I said, the board will have to make a decision on how to, how do they deal with that. But, you know, the you know could be back to prize money to CFR. It could be to really bolster some new events like Canadian could be,
0: champion bonuses, maybe. Could maybe be, you get a truck again. I don't
1: know. Well, that'd be nice if. <laughs> We got that back, but um, <laughs> That'd be cool, right? But I think there's other things too that you know. You think about our tour finale. You know, you know, it's a one day, one shot thing, and you know, for a few thousand dollars, you know, wouldn't that be cool if we could have a two day or a three day event, and somebody could somebody could make at the end of the season, somebody could qualify for that and make you know ten or fifteen thousand.
2: Look at the PRCA did with that Governor's Cup. Yeah. It was a pretty. Yeah. That was a pretty event. big splash. I mean, that's, that's another level, but would, like something like but, that.
1: But, right? but still, not, but still not, not, not something that we couldn't pull off, yeah. right? And, and maybe, in a, maybe
2: in a
0: red year. Lethbridge is looking pretty good on maybe. the timing for that now because I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming, I am assuming we didn't talk about this specifically, but uh, the last rodeo of the year is probably going to be in Armstrong now because you're not going to have enough time to get Hannah done the week before. No offense. No, un- unfortunately, on the Hannah side of things, and like those later in the year rodeos, but those aren't going to be for the same season anymore.
1: Yeah, they'll count for world standing still. Um, yeah. so and you
0: know, twenty twenty, like the twenty twenty five, move into the next year.
1: But we haven't yeah. really figured out the last date of the cutoff oh, in terms okay. of like what rodeos would count, what wouldn't.
2: So you could go a long weekend or maybe a weekend beyond. Yeah, that, Yeah, you could go maybe
1: a weekend beyond that, and and you know It'd be pretty tight. Have because there's really nothing after the long weekend, really.
0: Uh, in September. Well, there's like there's like the Medicine Lodge. Hannah used to be, and then there's. Oh, Old. Hannah's
1: like the last weekend of September. Yeah, which was
0: Edmonton, which they
2: the weekend right or after right, the weekend, long weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, traditionally hasn't been much. Not not much. Yeah, yeah. That, like September
0: tenth,
1: eleventh. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, there's opportunities and possibilities around. You know, could we could we host? Could you know? Could you use some of that money to host? You know, a really cool event, and um, you know, reward some of our tour contestants that have got to those tour events, and you know, maybe they, you know. um and really give them a big shot in the arm and or it could be somebody that you know we could revive grassroots i mean there, we still think the grassroots thing was uh, well, that was a know, fun concept it was a fun concept and you know if we could add in all of a sudden some bigger dollars into this like that could you know that could also all of a sudden take you know all those little littler rodeos and create a whole big buzz around them right yeah. so I think there could be lots of reasons, uh, to, to so, really. So the financial
2: spin off from the CFR's success could really go out into these smaller rodeos and, and, or the end of the year, whatever that yeah. finale looks like. So it's I think it's end- not the, all just about the CFR. It's about
1: the, I think the, endless, the possibilities are endless, right? And, and it's still giving money, it's still getting money back into our contestants hands and still, you know, uh, figuring out how to, you know, how to, how to navigate those waters and, you know, I think there's, like you said, if you sit back and just think about all the cool things you could do with some money, like I think there's, uh, there's some a lot of things we could do with it. I know cool.
2: a couple times, oh sorry Ted, well, I know I'm, a couple times we've talked about we were looking back at the numbers, the attendance numbers in in Edmonton and then what it looked like in Red Deer. Obviously a much smaller building. I'm sure in their bid they they proposed you know proposals on what expectations might be. Is there is there a bit of a number on the average on what they hope or what they'd like to see for? Number of fans in at these performances over the course of those those five performances is there a number like? Can I make a guess?
0: (laughs) Can we make some guesses again? Like we were looking at numbers of
2: like ninety thousand fans in Northland. I think the
0: most the most was about ninety five
2: thousand. Is there a drop count number where it's like we really got to hit X amount to make this this
0: sixty thousand? That's my guess.
1: No, I I don't. I don't think we've looked at it from that side. I think uh, you know there's 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 a there's some really interesting support coming for the event and, and these, these revenue opportunities will be icing on the cake. Right. And so I think, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to have a big fan push cause we want, we want people in the building and we want people in there. And obviously OEG is going to have a vested interest in that cause they're going to get parking, they're going to get you know, food and beverage. They, yeah, they, they want they, those, uh, they, they're going to they want, want those per cap numbers. They're, yeah, they're going to want the their roof, per right? caps to be up high. See, I even know those <laughs> What you're talking about. And that's how long I've been around this business, um, yeah, they're like, and you know, I think one of the things too that people don't remember is like when we started in Red Year, our per cap numbers were like sub twenty dollars. Wow! And now oh, our per really? cap numbers are like almost forty bucks. That's huge. Like so, it's they've and doubled so, in. So in for those,
0: those that might not know what a per cap is, does somebody want to give us? Yeah, a Dustin, de- do you want to uh, give us a give uh, us a <laughs> definition? Claim? So
2: that is that is the the average spend per per body in the building that night. So. um uh, if you have 10,000 people in and your per cap's 20 bucks times 20 times 10,000 people.
0: So 200,000? Uh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. 200,000 is yeah. food and beverage. Very well done, Ted. Yeah. Is that right? Well done. So I don't you, want to fix my numbers. So, so for example, I,
2: like, uh, I, I can't reveal top secret information, but when you look at some <laughs> big concerts that come through, yeah, like you can see per caps on like food and beverage and, and merchandise, like merchandise alone can be 50, 60. Food and beverage per person, per person on average. Oh my god! If you get a drinking crowd, like say it's a big, it's a national big artist right now. Well, maybe it's more like a big time <laughs> artist rolling through Compared town. To maybe like couch- Megan or uh, <laughs> Morgan Wallen, yeah, maybe right? or? like they're talking. You can be fifty, sixty dollars per person on the average spend of every oh person gosh. that comes through the door. Dang! So it's so okay. so that's, that's the numbers good. we're talking. But those are important when you're an OEG.
1: For sure. Yeah, because yeah. those numbers don't really matter to them. Yeah. Sorry. We're,
0: ner- um, we're nerding out on our uh,
1: yeah, yeah. our business hey, of sports. Look at us here. go. Look <laughs> at us go.
0: But going back to the uh, like a different way to look at that though is the is the average ticket price your ATP. And so you mentioned you went back to the
1: uh, he's using acronyms now. <laughs> I,
0: I had to go get one in there too. But the average ticket price, Dustin, you asked the question about ticket prices, and I think I'm just this is just like a little bit of a theory, but I think that average ticket price could go down like. Relatively decently because you have far more, um, even you have way bigger inventory. You don't have to get as much money for those tickets in Edmonton because you have way bigger inventory. You're not you're not only selling seven thousand tickets. You got seventeen thousand in inventory, so you can sell way more tickets for a little bit less. Like if you want to go spend forty bucks a seat to go to the C F R now, you probably can in Edmonton in twenty twenty four because there's probably an available ticket that's that. At that price, possibly. I'm just speculating. Well we here, can but...
1: nerd out on some either <laughs> even some more bigger numbers, but yeah. like if you look at the per cap numbers would we'll go to OEG and then if you look at the ticket pricing would we'll go to the revenue for us and explore. Yeah. So you know, I think we have to be mindful also of you know
0: how much a beer costs in Rogers now.
1: Well, I mean, that's not our issue. Our issue is getting people kind in the of building because we want people to come and enjoy the show. Yeah, but you no. want them. You don't want to. Are they drinking them twenty beers? Probably not. But uh. yeah, but Cause
0: they that's could because they could just go walk across the street to the J Dub and they don't got to drive.
2: Yeah. Nerd note: Your drop count. That is the. Doesn't matter how many tickets you sell. The amount of people that come through is important because that's where your per caps grow and and that's yeah. where you get people. Right. But like you I look at last year. I look at yeah. last year in Red Deer. You know, for that first perf, there might have been X amount of tickets sold you have a snowstorm come through i'm guessing i'm anything. guessing 60 or 70% of the tickets got scanned in for the first two performances is my yeah guess, probably, probably I, right? I didn't look at the so actual stats so what that does to your per caps and your bottom line it, it's it's super impactful right so you need yeah. those bodies coming in buying the tickets and being at those performances and buying beers yeah and t-shirts we're a bunch of sports business nerds sitting here. <laughs> um, Who would have thought three rodeo guys would sit around a couch and yeah. use the words per cap and ATPs? And
0: oh, geez. What else do we uh, <laughs> got to talk about?
2: I want to ask, in, in all this, and I know Ted said the why, but in this whole uh, process, what what has been the highlight of it? Or what, what's what been the most rewarding part oh, of this whole um, deal and experience in getting this across the line?
1: I think... Um or has
0: it not happened yet?
1: 2017 was an extremely humbling time. I think for us as an organization and for me, you know, being involved in this personally, when, you know, we, we we rallied to get, you know, a CFR. So we had two one-year deals. I don't know if anybody even remembers this, but we had two one-year deals to kind of cap off our time there. And our and the, that would have been 2017 and 2018. In, in Northlands at Roxol,
0: which like the CFR was the last event ever in that building.
1: Yeah, so 2017 was the last year. So we had two one-year deals and they were all, the second one-year deal was totally based on whether we could actually do it or not. I mean, whether, you know, because if Rogers would open or whatever, you know, so we, we didn't really know. Because the last
2: year the CFR was, the last two years.
1: 2017 was the last one in. And
2: the Oilers were playing in Rogers then, right? Uh Yeah. There was no hockey being played in there yet.
1: Yeah. Correct. And so I think it was a humbling experience going I mean, no sugarcoating. Holy shit! <laughs> Where do we go now? Like, what happens next? Because
0: um, this year, twenty like twenty twenty three, there's already a twenty twenty four finals at the end of twenty seventeen. There was no deal in place. Like, yeah. it was homeless for a while there, and there was no, there's no. Goal yeah. Line. So I
1: think to your question about, you know, what was what was special about this time around was, you know, we get to work with three unbelievable communities on you know, working on tenders from each of them that were all passionate, super excited about trying to have us there. So that's, like, that made the whole process so rewarding because you're like, like, this is is different. And, you know, like, to have options and to be able to present our board with options was something that I say is, like, like, you couldn't ask for something better, right? I mean... Like to have options was it was awesome and then you know to know that what we thought all along or what I at least thought in the back of my mind was if we had to leave Edmonton way back you know do we have options and where does that go and then I think the other rewarding piece of that was I think we proved to the world that we could have an event a successful event in a smaller venue and there was so much skepticism when we decided when we announced we're going to Red Deer there was people going. Oh my goodness! These guys have fallen <laughs> on their face, and and we didn't fall on their face. Like we had five very successful, or four, and we we're about to have our fifth very successful CFR in in Red Deer, and yeah, and just how it's grown and how how it's going. So the process itself was so rewarding, and and to see that, and, and to be a part of that, and and then and and everywhere you went, have somebody excited to see you, know that you're. Representing the CPR in, in a really positive light, and and like that's just super rewarding.
2: Well, it's kind of come full circle because I think of 2017. Remember people? I remember people out in the arena, bag like getting Ziploc bags the dirt. Like, <laughs> yeah, in Northlands, is the last last dirt from the CFR that's been there 44 years. Uh, and then you're part of the planning and the new building for if there's a rodeo there. It doesn't happen. And that
0: was before that. It, even before all there. that,
2: right? And then yeah. now in. in to know that in 2024, you know, you're going to get it to walk in on Wednesday night in 2024 in October and there's going to be a CFR performance in Rogers. That's, it's gotta be some jubilation for you there.
1: Yeah, no, I'm you know pretty happy about it. And like people ask why, like, why do you do what you do? Well, that's why. And, you know, there's a Mason jar that was collected of dirt in, in Northlands and, and that same Mason, I don't know if you remember the very first opening in Redger when we went there. I was the guy that walked through that center gate and threw out that same mason jar of dirt back into the arena, oh, and okay, yeah, I think
2: I do remember that yeah, yeah and
1: it was a pretty interesting moment when uh you know and <laughs> the funniest thing I mean it's a funny story. you think about funny stories now, right but <laughs> when we collected that when they went through and collected that that dirt in uh in Edmonton, um I remember um Mike says. The camera guy, he's like, "Hey, do you remember what you're wearing?" I'm like, "No," because you got to wear the same thing on the Wednesday <laughs> night. And I'm like, "I remember it was a blue blazer and like uh, whatever." And so he sends me pictures from the video. So that I could bring back the same <laughs> outfit and do it on the Wednesday, night. I was like, I think that was the like funny. This guy's
2: been walking around with a jar of dirt for, for a year, year in the same, <laughs> <laughs> just ready to pour just him lost. Here is Rob; he's almost homeless. Like he's he's yeah. been carrying around yeah. this mason yeah. jar forever. He's got a mason jar named Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, that's
1: a cool story. That was a funny story.
2: Uh, I mean, Jeff, you've been a wealth of wealth of information on on this exciting announcement. I think that it's crazy that it's that we're back here again, back in Edmonton.
1: Oh, I thought you mean just on the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, you, are the, you are the leader in appearances I mean, this now. is my first time with you, so. Yeah,
2: that's true. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's it's crazy that it's uh, cycled through five years of Red Deer, but I think you've alluded to it a number of times that Red Deer did a good job, and you just said it a few moments ago. It's, you know, it's, it's exciting to go big, and it's exciting to go big, but it is hard to go to a smaller venue in a community that didn't have all the, the accommodations and the facilities. Like, you guys... You guys did a good job, and I think you can't take anything away from from how good Red Deer was. I've I've really thoroughly enjoyed Red Deer, and but it's always exciting to see where where things can go and grow. And I yeah, we tip our hat to you for for all the work you've done. Um, or else, we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have a job every every <laughs> November if it wasn't for the work you've done. So yeah, thank yeah, you, Jeff.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no thanks problem. Thanks for thanks for for uh, putting the effort out to make sure that the that rodeo has a home and a home for the finals in in canada because it's it's the marquee event of the year it's and a, you've like i don't want to say single-handedly because there's a huge group of people that have been part of it but totally, totally. you've been a, you've been a pretty major driving force in the last
1: yeah i think i think you, know, you can't underestimate the team at the CPR too like um you know Patty Oj has been a, a great uh, addition to our team you know when she was she came on and She's been so much help. Um when I was at the GM and 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 then you have, you know, like obviously Danny and Tanner and guys like Keenan that have been a big part of it and you guys that, you know, have taken a role in, 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 in the yeah, in the event. And and yeah, it's been it. uh, good to good to see it kind of come around and and see where it's going and you know, be excited to see what opening night looks like in Rogers.
2: I can tell you what it's gonna look like. You ready for this? I'm going to paint you a picture. I'm going to have a blue blazer. The gate opens. Yeah, there's a blue, <laughs> blue blazer. blazer.
1: with a white pin shirt. he got a big, long beard from this journey up Highway 2 <laughs> with this with jar My dirt. on. <laughs> <Yeah>. My dreadlocks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Geez.
2: yeah, yeah. And you got a face painted on the jar. Yeah. Oh, man. Cool.
0: Okay, well, thanks, though, Jeff. This is awesome. Thanks for awesome having for the chat. Awesome for
1: having me. And, and uh,
0: yeah. CFR 50, October 2nd to 5th. In Edmonton, Rogers Place. But before that, CFR forty nine, November first to fifth in Red Deer, Alberta. Tickets CFR Red CA. Uh, make sure to come out and support the uh, the uh, the last CFR in Red Deer for the time being.
2: And if you can't be there in person, yeah, check it out on the Cowboy Channel.
0: Join us yeah. on the Cowboy. Channel.
2: Join us on the Cowboy Channel.
0: And by us, he means himself
2: <laughs> and Dave <laughs> and Katie. <laughs>
0: It'd be nice to have Katie
2: home. Yeah, it's going yeah, to be great yeah. to be working with her. We're excited. It's going to be fun. It's like a yeah. little reunion.
0: Yeah, it's so Very awesome. Good. Well, thanks everybody for listening. This has been episode one hundred fifty five of Cowboy Shit. My name is Ted Stoven. He's Dustin Edwards, and our guest today, Jeff Robson. Thanks again for being here as part of uh, part of the big announcement, special edition. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. All right.
3: There's a young man flying high today from the airport in Seattle Cowboy hat up atop his head with a suitcase and a saddle He wears a steely-eyed grin clear across his face Cause he's wilder than 1880 And if rodeos is one true love And bronc riding's his lady mm. He's as tough as old Jim Shoulders, Casey Tibbs reincarnate Sets his feet just like Dan Mortensen did back in 98 Today he's flying south to ride at the State Fair of New Mexico He was built to ride the buckers, he was born to rodeo In the lights of old Las Vegas, you're sure gonna see a lot of him Like a wildfire, he'll burn the house to the ground He's lived a life of pleasure and pain All coming down to measuring rain And he's here to and everything that's not nailed down With an addiction to the climb And laying it all out on the line He's living his life eight seconds at a time